Coming up on the WAC Podcast, we have some information about WAC football next year as we partner with the A-Sun, and the executive director might be a name you're familiar with. Plus, the road to WAC Vegas is back. Kendra Sheehan is the host. She had a chance to talk with Mark Madsen this week, the Mad Dog. And in our second segment, she'll have her conversation with Chase Merrill, who is the voice of Stephen F. Austin basketball. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Down, down, down. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. New year. This is the first podcast of 2023. I just found some interesting news out. Eric Danner has never played Guitar Hero. Well, here's some more interesting news as our first show of of the new year. Yeah. The last show, because you've been kind of in and out, more out than in. Right. If you will. Yeah. Uh, Last show uh, was my last show as a single person. Oh, that's right. All right. Well, you have some exciting news. So that's a little more exciting than Guitar Hero in my world. Anyway, but, in my world, the guitar hero so, was more so now shocking. It's as mis- I thought you were married in June. <laughs> Mister, Mister, and Mrs. Danner, Wendy Danner, got married uh, on the beach there in Florida over the break. Hopefully, everybody uh, had safe travels. I know a lot of snafus going on. We were worried about our basketball teams being able to get to their destinations, play their games over the break as well as we had conference play begin. December twenty eighth was the first game. A uh, bunch of games, December 29th, December 31st, as you know, when you're monitoring. Absolutely. And and you had to change your plans around as you were kind of all over the map uh, the last few weeks. Yeah, I was. I took, a, I think before I had left, I said, peace out. I'm going to Mexico and I'll see you all later. I went to Mexico. It was it was a lovely time. Came back, got got pretty violently ill with violently e. Ill. coli. I'll spare you <laughs> on all the, the, on the, on the, uh, the details. The whack, uh, the the schedule for the week. Uh, you can put you know if yes. you're not going to be in. And I think you said something about violently sick or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it progressed each day. So yeah. Monday I just put KS sick, then yeah. I put violently ill, then yes. I put violently sick with E. coli. Let people know it's getting worse. So then I, because of that, I didn't even, you know, I was supposed to come back to the office for a few days before we all went out for our Christmas and holiday break. Couldn't do that. Was too sick to fly. So ended up just flying directly to Panama City Beach. Now, the key factor in this story is because Mexico was only supposed to be like three days and it was an efficient trip (laughs) and we didn't want to spend money on a carry-on. I packed everything in a backpack. And so, and I, you know. Picked out four outfits. You know, it was going to be hot, 80 so you degrees don't need your there. shorts and a shirt, right? No, I had one pair of pants for flying into Denver okay. because that's where we flew out of. So then fast forward, I just got back to my apartment after leaving on December 11th or whatever it is in the new year. So essentially, I've been living out of this backpack that had four outfits for Mexico for about three weeks and so yeah well, so now I, mean, I know i can travel light and worse, i can worse make worse things new. can happen but i mean we're glad you're safe we're glad that you recovered <laughs> um and that you had a chance to go to these fabulous places but uh probably not going to go back to uh mexico again yeah no that one that that's uh that one has scarred me yeah um so so Caribbean in island. the meantime um so as i said i got married now you're Top of the show, you talked about Guitar Hero. 
Yes, absolutely. You, you're anxious to get into that. Yeah, because who hasn't played guitar? Here? I have not played guitar. Here. When a little key thing, because Eric Danner sometimes just cuts it out of our podcast, but after he does the open, then I do a fun little. It's really cool. He cuts it out. He thinks it's lame, but this I've time I left it in. So if you'd listen to the show, yeah. Well, yeah. I usually do on my drive to and from work for sure. But uh, I did a little, and it, would, it was like a, it almost reminded me of, you know, on the Guitar Hero, when you're trying to get extra points, and you, and you have, I don't even know what it's called, but you're moving it, and that was a terrible explanation, but see, Eric Danner see, had no idea what the, I was talking about. This is the generation gap between the two. Now, I was a huge, like, Nintendo, like, Tecmo Bowl Baseball Stars was one of my favorite games. Okay. Uh, Duck Hunt we talked a little bit about. Uh, I actually knew Mike Duck Tyson Hunt. Mike Tyson Punch-Out was, was a big one. Um, and I, I actually watched people on TikTok playing these games live, which is kind of sad, I guess. <laughs> like the Twitch, like the live streaming? Yeah, yeah, but they have it on TikTok as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you like click that, on yeah. it, you can watch that. And I watched somebody like go through a season when the Super Bowl on Tecmo Bowl. But we digress. So that is a tie-in to football, I guess. Yeah. And so totally. the WAC, the as unnamed WAC ASUN Alliance for football, we've talked a little bit about it on the show that this was happening. The schedule is out for next year. Oliver Luck has uh, been named executive director. Uh, he will be there along with co-chairs David McFadden of Eastern Kentucky and James Hurley of Tarleton, who um, he's done a lot of great things there in Stephenville. So that will be the executive committee of this new uh, football-only conference. But Oliver Luck, uh, people might remember, he, he was, you know, he's the father of Andrew Luck, um, for one. But he was also an NFL player. He's also got a lot of experience in a lot of different uh, divisions of football. Um, and and being football. A, and being an executive as well. With the Houston Dynamos for MLS. Yes. Football and football. He was GM of the Rhine Galaxy in the old uh, World League of American Football, president of NFL Europe, um, which are, actually is pretty cool. I wish they'd bring that back. So a lot, uh, lot of accolades with uh, Oliver Luck. So it kind of gives the, the conference some, uh, some instant credibility, if you will. Absolutely. Very excited to see uh, what is in store for us next season. I know the topic of, you know, an AQ and stuff like that has been been uh, heavy on what we're trying to plan for upcoming season. So basketball, we also had a big announcement this week as ESPN2 will be broadcasting the WAC Basketball Men's Championship live on Saturday, March 11th. That's going to be 830 Pacific time. First time in uh, more than a decade that we will have the deuce uh, doing the production of the WAC Men's Basketball Championship, the Women's Championship, live on Plus, and then a rebroadcast right afterwards on ESPNU. So last year was also rebroadcast on you, but it wasn't until Sunday. Kind of hard to find this one. Will be Saturday night. So get your popcorn. You can you can actually theoretically watch both games now. And don't leave. The the other nice thing is or show up buy <laughs> tickets. That's right. And you can buy those tickets uh, February soon. February 6th. February 6th. And we just had a big meeting about uh, WAC Vegas, which we'll be continuing. All it's, staff. It's a, it's a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of people involved. And we've got the two venues this year, Mandalay Bay, Michelob Ultra Arena, for two days this year. Orleans Arena, three days, followed by the championship. So four days, technically, at the Orleans. And 
22 games in six days. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you're going to want to get your tickets. Or, you know what? You, you want to get a, yeah. How about get that? Get them for free if you uh, check out our social media and submit basically our, our little contests. I mean, we had baking holiday cookies. We have show pictures of your pets. I mean, they're not that challenging. We want you to be a part of all the fun. Of course we want them to be a part of all the fun. This uh, Now, the pictures we had to kick off this uh, uh, decorate your pet. It's not decorate your pet. It's uh, dress up your pet. Dress yeah. And who who are we looking at on our social media? There? Yeah, so we were looking at two of the cutest cats you'll ever see in the world. Um, you have Zora, black and white cat, and then you have Butter, the orange one. Um, if you watched our, who, who, who named the cats? Um, my, I do believe the story is my mom wanted to name my sister Zora. And my dad was like, absolutely not. That's mm. a terrible name. So then I came along and she was like, I want to name her Zora. Zora Z. Like, how beautiful. And my dad was like, no, that's not happening. So then we got a cat. It was like, hey, let's let's, Zora. let's do Zora. So And Butter, it, I believe it's short for Butterscotch. So, but Cause, Butter, cause Lord her, B. Because Butter's she's color a king. is. He's orange. Oh, it's a he. Yeah, he Zora's a girl. Okay, gotcha. Butter boy, best of friends. You know. Great story. I know. We also have the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, we had the Road to Wag Vegas yes. debuted on ESPN Plus. First time we've ever had it on ESPN Plus. We had a few technical difficulties uh, on it the ESPN be, side. It wouldn't be right if we didn't have some. And yes, it was on ESPN side, so don't be blaming us for it. <laughs> but uh, they don't blame ESPN either. on Thursday. We do. And so <laughs> it uh, was a fantastic show starring one Kendra Sheehan. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, got to have a key interview with uh, the Mad Dog himself, Mark Madsen, head coach of Utah Valley. So Utah Valley was playing UT Arlington. It's our men's basketball game of the week. So they had arrived yesterday. They hopped off the plane. They were staying at a hotel that's actually from where we're located, just about four minutes down the road. And so we went over there and uh, – you know, shot a shot a short segment with with them and with coach, and provide a little insight on his team that's on an eight game win streak, second in the WAC resume seating system, and so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and second in the WAC resume seating system, but did beat Sam Houston last week, the who's number first one team by sixteen. By sixteen, so that tells you how that seating system is going to be a little different than just the win and loss record. Of course, Sam Houston beat Oklahoma, beat Utah, so they they that helps the numbers. But Utah Valley beat BYU, beat Oregon, now on that eight-game win streak, beat Sam Houston, beat Utah Tech, yeah. who is a, a pretty salty opponent this year. They play UTA Thursday night. Um, the team, and and going through and, and being able to spend a little time with Coach Madsen, a very balanced team this year. Of course, Fardaz Amak left, transferred, but they haven't really missed a beat at the center position this year. No, they've got a lot of guys that have come in and stepped up. And even when I was asking Coach Madsen about, you know, who's somebody that you know, maybe has stepped up more than you thought since I had talked to him just a few months prior at, at, at Media Day, and he said, Tim Fuller, their big yeah. man. So Through your curveball. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, I remember his name from last year, um, and he was in some highlights, and so, I think so he's got some nice dunks. He but. comes off the bench, so Aziz Bendego. 
yep. leading the whack in rebounds and block shots, I believe. I know he's he's up there in rebounds. Not as many as Fardaz had a year. Remember, Fardaz was oh, yeah. you know among the national leaders. But the combination of Fuller and Bendigo, Trey Woodbury's back healthy and dunking on everybody. Four guys in double figures Justin averaging Harmon, for points. Dunking on everybody. And then Latrey. So they have four players in double figures. Uh, plus, coming off the bench, they have Taj Small, transfer from Tarleton, who's, right. who's come up big, especially this past weekend. So they seem to be hitting their stride. That'll be our featured game of the week uh, tonight as we uh, air this, or we're recording this on Thursday. On the women's side, also a featured game would be on Thursday night, and that is Stephen F. Austin taking on Utah Tech. And I don't know who would have thought at this point in the year that the Trailblazers would be the number two team in the resume seating system, but they have come out, you know, like a ball of fire. They they smoked Utah State early in the season. That's a Mountain West school. I think they beat them by 30 or 40. Then they win at Air Force. I mean, those are two big wins for them. And so they will be playing Stephen F. Now, SFA, the, the gold standard, you know, so if they're the number one team, uh, they've been to the NCAA tournament the last two years, but should be a pretty good matchup there in uh, Nacogdoches tonight. Yeah, no, I think this one has all the pieces set to be, you know, a really great game to, you know, Stephen F. Austin, of course, we knew that they were going to come in and obviously be really good, but uh, Utah Tech surprising people. I mean, you look at Media Day and their goal was they weren't able to be a part of the WAC basketball postseason conference tournament last year because they're in the transition period this year. Now that we have all teams eligible, they're able to go. And, you know, their coach will say that, that their goal is to win a, one game in a conference tournament. Like, it's not to win the whole thing. I mean, I mean, sure, in some players and, you know, eyes, obviously that would be the goal. But, like, he's like, we just want to win a game in the conference tournament. Look at them. They're sitting up here at number two. They might not even have to win that game. We might get that bye. Four, four <laughs> teams get a bye in the first round this year as uh, we will be expanding to a 12-team bracket. Men's basketball, another game. Well, I mean, they're all big coming up right now. But Grand Canyon traveling to Sam Houston. That game also tonight, Sam Houston, as we mentioned, the number one team in the resume seating system, Grand Canyon, high hopes as well. So if they are able to come away with a victory there, could increase their stock there in that resume seating system. Other games tonight, we have Utah Tech traveling to California Baptist, Seattle U at UTRGV, and we have Southern Utah at Tarleton. Southern Utah, a couple of big wins last week. Kind of surprising looking at the standings. New Mexico State, we're used to them. I mean, they haven't lost back-to-back conference games. I don't know when. And they uh, they have not started the conference season uh, the way they would like. No, New Mexico State, you know, I mean, that's just uh, a tough program all in general. They had, you know, such a change-up from last season. You factor in a lot of things that happened earlier on in the season. And so I, I don't really know how, you know, their team is, is necessarily – Going into these matchups, but also California Baptist. I mean, they're they're a team that's that's really struggling. They have the Armstrong brothers. They have Taryn Armstrong, who was the freshman of the year, expected to make a really big uh, leap from freshman year to sophomore year. At least that's what you know. When I had spoken with him uh, for our men's soccer championship, I got a chance to sit down with both brothers, and he had said he he felt like his entire game is better. And so the thing things are still you know they're they're still trying to click. Um, well, a t- couple tough games to start with for CBU with for at, sure. at GCU and at Seattle U. Uh, you know, 29th and 31st. That's a tough road trip. Yeah. 
But then, well, I mean, even like you see like UT Arlington, you look at them play and they're a team that can very well start to they, click at yeah, the right absolutely. time. Yeah. You know, so and I they're, they're, these... they're number 13 right now. Right. Tells you how good the whack is it does. this year. But uh, that, that should be a lot of fun tonight to watch uh, those games. I uh, can't wait to monitor tonight because that means I get to – if you guys see the tweets tonight, these are the fingers behind the oh. tweets. We cannot wait for that on the women's <laughs> side. Sam Houston traveling to Abilene Christian. Tarleton at Grand Canyon. Uh, hopefully we'll have Molly Miller on the uh, road to WAC Vegas next week. Coach Miller, you hear that? And then we have uh, <laughs> California Baptist traveling to Seattle U as the other games besides our, our featured game, which is Utah Tech Stephen F. Austin. Speaking of that, Kendra, uh, coming up next, we're going to have your conversation with Chase Merrill, the voice of the Lumberjacks. And Lady Jacks coming up next on the WAC Podcast. It's a good one. Stick around. Down, down, down. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. We are joined by Chase Merrill. He's the ESPN play-by-play voice of the Lumberjacks. He does both the men's and women's basketball games. We're super excited to have you on the podcast, Chase, as we get started with conference play. Yeah, I mean, it's super exciting watching the Lumberjacks and Lady Jacks go at it with, through all the uh, WAC conference teams. And it's been a really fun early start to the WAC conference so far. It's got to be fun for you as you look at what the men's team has started. Right now, they're on a four-game win streak. They're started WAC play 2-0. and And technically, when you look back at their regular season from last year, if we remember, they went on a 10-game win streak. They clinched the regular season title. It was co-winners. There were three of them. Then they went to WAC Vegas, where, of course, they were one and done. But technically, they have won 12 straight regular season conference games what have you seen early on from this team that might carry over from last year but also get them on a really hot start this year with a mix of some new players in there I mean there's a bunch of key factors for the Lumberjacks so far this year you know coach Kyle Keller does a great job with anybody who he puts on the floor any type of rotation he puts it's been really fun to see you know SFA has been shorthanded here and there but you know, like you said, on these uh, this four game road uh, or four game win streak, and then getting healthy players back at the same time, I think the Lumberjacks can only get stronger from here on out as as they keep getting healthy. Some of those players, I mean, we look at some of the guys that are out. Jalen Jackson Posey's a guy. Do you have another one out with a foot injury? When they kind of factor back into the lineup and you see the guys that have really stepped up in their absence and made their presence known, how much more dynamic of a group does this become when you add in that depth and the guys that have kind of exploded on the scene because they were put in a situation where, you know, they needed to step up for their team and that's exactly what they did. It's been really fun to watch because like you said, there've been players that, you know, may not have had as a big of a role if those players did happen to stay healthy, which obviously you want your team to stay healthy as much as possible, but it's nice to know where coach Kyle Keller can count on his team, which players he can go to no matter what. I mean, one thing he kind of mentioned early on in the season is the amount of depth he has on his bench, which has shrunk just a little bit just because due to injuries, but we are able to see that firsthand how well this team can really be, especially once they get all healthy. It has been absolutely incredible to watch. 
you know, AJ Kajust has really stepped up and, you know, J with Jalen Jackson Posey being out, it's, it was uh, hard to see what, you know, everybody kind of questioned, okay, what's going to happen, but you're just getting players back big players have stepped up, uh, stepped up day day hall, Latrell Jossel, Nigel Hawkins, they've all stepped in and done a fantastic job. You mentioned AJ Kajus because you just watched some of his highlights. And I mean, he's just a shooter this year. He's been incredible for this team early on. What are some of the things that, you know, when you have gotten a chance to talk to head coach Kyle Keller, what does he say about, you know, Kajus's performance and his ability just to light up the floor and give the Lumberjacks that momentum in times when they really need to get the ball going? I mean, he has had nothing but positivity towards AJ Kajus. I mean, we've seen firsthand what he can do. He's had a game winner this season. And again, it's just a new player to this roster that is truly stepped up and it's been amazing to watch. He's averaging almost 10 points a game and it's just been really fun to watch him go at it. You know, even though he may not be the tallest, he goes in there and he's going to scrap down low with the bigs. He's going to fight for rebounds and he's just one of those players that may not show up on everybody's radar, but he better be because he can make an impact on a game almost immediately. When you look at just the stat sheet for Stephen F. Austin, you've got three players that are averaging double figures, another one at 9.8, another one at 9.1. So they're really able to spread the ball around and get multiple people involved. How much when you're watching some of these, you know, whack games, do you see how these teams have a difficult time trying to key in on one person because there are so many guys that have the ability to put the ball through the hoop and average in double figures. Absolutely. That's one thing we've talked about on the broadcast. That's something we've talked about with coach Kyle Keller is just the fact that anybody that has the ball in their hands has the ability to score. They with Nana being at six foot nine and the, the center he's able to also stretch the floor because he can shoot from outside the yard too. So it's really fun to watch this lumberjack team and what they can do, because like I said earlier, I mean, almost any player can score when needed. So having that ability as a team, it really puts defenses on their toes or even on their heels sometimes to figure out, okay, who do we need to double team? I mean, there's obviously you, again, you talked about how you have to, uh, Three players in double digits, Day Day Hall, six foot four, goes down and plays against six foot ten and can beat them. So it's been really fun to watch. It's it's crazy just how many players can score on this offense. And then you look at, you know, Latrell Jussell, who I feel like has really emerged as one of those floor leaders. I remember last year, you know, they were playing Kansas, I think, and, and he really lit up the floor. They were, that game was close at halftime. He had numerous threes. How exciting for you as, as calling this game, is it to see a guy like Lachelle Jossel kind of really come into his own this year and start firing on all cylinders? Do you feel like this is maybe his year that things are really clicking on all sides? Absolutely. That's something that Coach Kyle Keller and uh, the broadcasters have all kind of talked about is, like you said, he has become like a on and off the court leader for this Lumberjack team. And it's really fun, especially when he gets going from outside the yard. The, the entire Coliseum starts getting rowdy whenever Latrell Jossell can start knocking him down because he doesn't just make one. If one goes in, I mean, he's going to make two anywhere from two to three or so on and so forth. So 
it's really interesting whenever he gets hot because you better guard him because it's not – he didn't have to be right around the yard. He can shoot from deep too. The Lumberjack fan base is – Unlike, I think, any other, especially, you know, having gone through football season and going to all those games, what is the environment like when these guys are at home and they're playing and you have the crowd hyped and especially, you know, on this four-game win streak, starting whack play 2-0, and what is the community response at these games been like? It's crazy, especially with the start of whack play. It's been Absolutely insane. The environment sense of start of whack play is completely different. You can tell there's a whole new type of energy in the air. And I go back to whenever we had injured players and we were down like, you know, only a couple extra players on the bench and everybody kind of wondered like, what can we do? And we've seen we can win with just that amount of players. So now the environment has gotten even that much more insane. And it's been crazy to watch this because the fan base loves it. But it's not just because they support this team. They love this team. They love, I mean, inside and outside of their community. We constantly watch the Lumberjacks and uh, just constantly do good things for the community. So it's just not even everything on the floor. It's everything they do off the floor as well. And what a, what a tough test for the Lumberjacks initially in WAC play. First, they play Abilene Christian, who's known to have one of the toughest defenses in the country. They shut them down. Then they go on. They play UTA. They have New Mexico State coming up on Wednesday. How solid has their defense looked from your perspective in terms of just, you know, being able to shut down a team like ACU that really their offense stems from their defense. They're fast paced. They're able to get those turnovers, make points from them. But how have you seen the way that the Lumberjacks defense has been able to, to shut that down in order to allow their offense to be as successful as they have been. Well, that's one thing that coach Kyle Keller has always preached is defense. You know, our big model SFA is press you. So, I mean, coach Kyle Keller, that's one thing is offense, you know, obviously wins you games, but he, I mean, that's kind of the rule of thumb. That's always said is offense wins you game defense will win you championships. And that's been a big thing I've seen this year from Coach Kyle Keller and this Lumberjack team is the fact that any team they play, they don't care who it is from D1, the top of the D1, all the way down to whatever. They're going to give everything they've got. They've seen multiple teams where they're, you know, say if Lumberjacks do have a solid lead, they're still going. They're still giving it 100% because they know that in order to keep doing at the level they are at, they've got to keep on performing at that level. They got to keep on practicing and keep it going. So whenever it has come time to whack play against Abilene Christian and UT Arlington, we saw against UT Arlington, that game was going back and forth. Same thing with ACU. And it just came down to defense. Lumberjacks were able to get stops. And that's something that Coach Kyler has done a great job this year with this group of guys. And this is certainly a group that is playing with a chip on their shoulder, at least for those guys that were there last year. I mean, they went into Vegas with that 10 game win streak, co-regular season champions, and then they're out in the first round. And I remember talking to some of those guys at media day and props to them because it's, it's not an easy question to ask when, you know, it's almost like rubbing salt in the wound. Like, yes, we know we went in on this win streak and we were yeah. out, but you know, I think they've, really use that as motivation in the off season. And so to see them, cause they didn't start whack play last year on a very hot note. I think they got hot at the right time and just mm -hmm. couldn't, you know, do it in Vegas, but 
to see this happen so early on, did you just kind of see a shift maybe from last season to this season, especially in that off season of like, Hey, we do not want that feeling that we had in Vegas ever again. Absolutely. And I love what you said. They just have a chip on their shoulder. They've got, they know they've got the right pieces. They know they've got something to prove again, being the second year in the WAC coming off as co-WAC champions. But, uh, you know, being co-WAC champions, you want to make it count whenever, whenever it really does count out in WAC Vegas. So they really want to do as the best they can in WAC play. And then whenever it comes time for WAC Vegas, we've already seen them step up in conference play. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them somehow take it to another level whenever they do start WAC Vegas. And the madness will be bigger and better than ever before with more games. So that'll certainly be fun when the time comes. On to the women, though, who are also on a hot streak. Women's basketball team, six-game win streak. They're 1-0 in whack play. They just beat Abilene Christian. This is a team that just has impressed me from the get-go. I mean, you look at their stats, two different conferences the last two seasons. Last two seasons, they've made NCAA tournament appearances. What have you seen from this Lumberjack team that separates them from previous years where they've already had so much success and continue to build on that? Well, the Lady Jacks this year, everybody kind of questioned a lot because Lady Jacks lost a lot of pieces in the offseason due to graduation or just some other form or fashion. But Coach Kellogg has done a great job with his group of girls. I mean, Lady Jacks so far this season only have two losses, and that's coming to Rice and Rank Gonzaga. So I think they've done a great job so far this season. They've made plenty of uh, gotten a plenty of additional players that have truly stepped up. Jordan Harrison has done a great job. Uh, Kirsten Harden, you know, a bunch of new players and new faces for SFA who have stepped up in this way. And it's been really fun to watch because, again, everybody was kind of worried about it. But I think Coach Kellogg never had a doubt in his mind what he knew he could do with this SFA team that he's done. And so many years past with SFA. That's one of the great things I think about coach Kellogg is just, you ask him like, can this team be better than last year? And he's so calm and, and collected when he's like, well, I mean, we start from the basics like we do every year. It's, it's either going to happen or it's not. And, mm -hmm. and, but it does, it always seems to happen. He finds a way to develop these new players to to automatically like bring in this chemistry so that, you know, when you look at them, when they played even their first game, they still had some chemistry out there mm -hmm. that I feel like you would be seeing mid season. When you look at the new players and how they've had to adjust to injuries, have you kind of seen a similar sort of, you know, just auto automatic chemistry, I guess is what I would, would call it. <laughs> Absolutely. The bond between these players. I mean, it's, I keep on saying it's crazy to watch because it is. I mean, it's it's something you just don't see every day. So the bond between these players is incredible because, again, so many new faces. You have the veteran Ayana Johnson who is so used to how things are ran, and she knew that new pieces were going to come in. And she, I truly believe she's taken a step up in leadership and said, okay, this is how things are going as well. And Coach Kellogg obviously has been a big part of that. He, his big motto is sustained success. And that's something he's always wanted to do. And that's something he's done a very good job at. And I think he's told that to his players. I think his players have accepted it. And, and, you know, even with interviews, he's talked, he has personally talked about the connection between the team that he's, he has told us basically, like, if you don't have a connection on and off the court, 
it's not going to work well whenever it comes game time. So just for him to say how well the connection is between those group of girls says a lot, and it's proved with a record of 11-2. and two. And you look at Zaya Nugent, who was such a key player last year. She was WAC Vegas tournament MVP. She was a big factor in pushing the lumber, the Lady Jacks to their NCAA tournament berth. Out for the season, you see Ayana Johnson step up. You see more holes appear for more players. But how much of an impact was that initially when it was decided that she couldn't play the entire season? She was ruled out with a season-ending injury. And just for those other players to kind of have to step up and fill this void. It was tough because, you know, I remember hearing it in the offseason. You're just kind of like, dang. I mean, because, I mean, she's a big – she was a big piece of last year for that SFA offense and defense as well. And so knowing what she did and losing some players in the offseason and she became one of them that we weren't expecting, it was really tough. But even though she has not been able to play, I mean – it's stuff that happens off camera. So like pregame warmups or stuff over on the bench that after a big play, she's always the first person congratulating. She's trying to coach where she can because she knows how this SFA is off uh, SFA overall is ran. So she's going to be talking to some of the younger players or even she'll, I'll see her sometimes talking to Ayana Johnson, just like, Hey, here's some things like maybe pointing out just a couple of things, you know, I mean, that's just how teams work. And it's been cool to watch her do that because I mean, she, I mean, it's so easy just to be like, okay, I'm out for the season. I'm done. But she, she wants this team to succeed. She knows she's a part of this team and this team is her family. And I, I love watching the stuff that Zaya Nugent has done, like not being able to be on the court. And what will be interesting is, you know, when she does have the opportunity to come back, just that alternate perspective that you get from being forced to be sidelined you know, for an entire season or for whatever period of time for any athlete with any injury, but they get that extra perspective where they're on the coaching side and then they'll come back and maybe be able to read defenses a little bit differently than they had because, you know, they were forced to sit out and see it differently. It should be interesting, you know, to see how she's able to utilize, you know, this, this break, this injury to come back even stronger in, in 2023. Absolutely. As, um, athletes through you know whatever level high school college pro I think you know you never want to be injured you never want to be sidelined but unfortunately sometimes cases like that do happen and I know from personal experience you you got to sit out and it does help you're able to pick that like break down what's going on with other teams and also what your team is doing if like it's it's totally different watching a game scenario and seeing how it's ran versus being in it. You can see, okay, here are some of the openings. Here are some, what the defense is, how they're reading it. Some things you may not be able to see on the court. So I think even though it's, you know, it's terrible that she's out for the season, I think whenever she comes back, she's going to come back even better because she's going to be, one, healthy, and, two, she's going to have her basketball IQ knowledge. is just going to, it's just, it's going to continue going up, especially with the start of WAC conference play. Absolutely. And then when you look at, you know, with her absence, you have three players that are averaging in double figures. You have Jordan Harrison, who you had mentioned before the freshman, she was back-to-back whack freshman of the week. She has really just come in and made her presence known. And obviously it helps with some of those holes with injuries, but 
from your end, how has she made an immediate impact as a freshman where you can come in, you're a little bit shy, it's a faster pace from high school, but she seems to come in and, and really just take off in her college career. Absolutely. And I think it's, uh, I think she's three-time WAC freshman of the, of the week, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, but um, yeah. She it's is been back a, to back though. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't question in that. I'll just make it, I gotta give, I gotta give her a little shout That's out whenever right. I can, but uh, she's done a great job. Like you said, the freshman coming in and it can be totally intimidating coming in as a freshman playing D1 basketball. And so coming in for this Lady Jank team and doing some of the stuff she's done, I mean, she started out the season good, but I, I think it's if you were to look back, it's totally night and day from the beginning of the season to now. Her confidence, I mean, I would assume is through the roof. She's been playing great. Like you said, she's averaging like 10 and a half points per game as a freshman. So it's been really fun to watch. That's something that me and DT talk about is just some, even though like, again, so one of the smaller players on the court, but man, is she quick. I mean, she's going to get through the defense if she can split the defense. She's really good in the backcourt, so it's really interesting to see how her game has elevated this Lady Jank squad. Lastly, for the women, you know, we've seen Stephen F. Austin come in. They got Utah Tech that they'll play on Thursday for their second WAC game of the season. How much has this team just progressed from their first game and now as they start conference play where – it really, really matters. Of course, the whole season matters with the new WAC resume seating system, but WAC play is really, you know, the bread and butter of what everyone looks forward to. How mm -hmm. much has this team really progressed and grown from just what you've seen from game one to now? Along with what I said about Jordan Harrison, this SFA team night and day from the beginning of the year. I'm not going to say, I mean, they were great at the beginning of the year, you know, again, for one loss through the first four, six games or something like that due to Rice. And it's just – so they were good at the beginning of the year, but like you said, they've been on this win streak. They have all the confidence in the world. They came out of Christmas break with an, an extra long break and coming out straight on New Year's Eve, taking down Abilene Christian at home. So they know where work needs to be done, and it's been incredible to watch this season go along because they've done – they've just progressively gotten better and better and better. So it'll be interesting to see, same thing as for the Lumberjacks, what happens whenever WAC Vegas starts. Certainly, and those Lady Jacks held the longest home win streak in the country last season. Some of those players obviously still on the roster this year. So looking forward to seeing how WAC play continues. And we want to thank you for joining the WAC podcast. It was Chase Merrill, ESPN play-by-play -play voice of Hokie men's and women's basketball. Teams. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Chase. Absolutely. Thank you, Kendra. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.